0: Hi folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat-Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. Today I've got something special for you. I've been getting a lot of emails from you recently asking for an inside look, and not only the way that I eat personally, but also the secrets to being mentally healthy, strong, disciplined, resilient, and most importantly, happy. So here's a quick recap of how to be healthy with the wild diet. Very simply, eat fresh, nutrient-dense plant and animal foods that were recently alive and well. Stay away from sugar and grains, especially in the morning, and break a sweat doing something you love as often as you possibly can. But there's so much more to health than just diet and exercise so today my wife Allison is interviewing me about how to upgrade your brain with simple lifestyle hacks like meditation music and more I've been shocked by how many of you listeners are actually musicians artists and type a rock stars yourselves So I think you'll really enjoy this special episode now before we get to the meat and potatoes of this show I have a special announcement A few months ago, a past guest of the show and band leader of the Tim McGraw Band, Denny Hemmingson, and I hopped into the studio to record an album of original music. Our brand spanking new record is called Swamp Thing, and it's finally ready for you. It's like soul food for your ears. To celebrate the launch of our new album, Swamp Thing, I'm giving away five signed hardback copies of my best-selling book, The Wild Diet, as well as autographed CDs to listeners of Fat-Burning Man. All you have to do is go to your special listener link at fatburningman.com forward slash music to sign up to win copies of my best-selling book and album, check out the music videos, and get the goods. That's fatburningman.com forward slash music. The musicians who join me in the studio are legends. Denny, our guitarist and producer, has been nominated for an Academy of Country Music Award for Steel Guitarist of the Year, and has been the bandleader of the Tim McGraw Band for nearly two decades. Our bassist, David Santos, has toured with Billy Joel, Elton John, John Fogerty, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Singing back up, the Grammy-nominated powerhouse Wendy Moten has recorded with Eric Clapton, Kenny Rogers, Alice Cooper, and Buddy Guy. As for me, I don't know why a white dude from the backwoods of New Hampshire sounds like this. It doesn't make any sense. But somehow, the magical, swampy grooves of New Orleans seeped into my veins. So buckle up, you're about to hear the fat-burning man scream like a rock star, croon like Johnny Cash, and wail on the sax, guitar, and even the clarinet. So before we release this album, I sent it out to a few of my friends in health. and Here's what Mark Sisson, the best-selling author of The Primal Blueprint and Mark's Daily Apple, says about Swamp Thing. This new album freaking destroys. If Sawyer Brown and Leon Russell had a love child, it'd sound something like that. Then throw in some Credence, Little Little Feet, and a dash of Steely Dan. Point being, it's not derivative. This blatantly steals from everyone, and in a unique way, so you get away with it. Crisp and raspy, clean and nasty. What are you doing podcasting, man? If you listen closely to the songs on this new album, you'll hear... The story of how I quit my job to drive around the country in a vegetable oil powered Mercedes. That's right. I put vegetable oil in my car, but I won't eat the stuff. (laughs) You'll also hear the love song I wrote for Allison, the love of my life. What it sounds like when I croon like Johnny Cash and bellow like Sly Stone, play the saxophone and rock out with New Orleans inspired funk rock. ...and tons more. You can find my new album, Swamp Thing, anywhere music is sold online... ...iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, and more... ...by just searching for Abel James. But, if you want to support this free show... ...get all of the music videos and audio bonuses... ...and enter to win our giveaway of five signed copies of my best-selling book... ...The Wild Diet, you have to go to your special listener link. It's fatburningman.com forward slash music to get all the goods... As a special thanks for buying the album directly from us, I'll also send you cool bonuses. You'll get my ebook for free, as well as my video and audio presentation on how to upgrade your brain with music. All you have to do is type in your special listener link on your computer, tablet, or phone. One last time, it's fatburningman.com forward slash music. As always, I sincerely appreciate your support, and I can't wait to hear what you think. All right, on to the show. Hi,
1: I'm Allison Rose, and in today's episode, we're chatting with the man behind the award-winning Fat-Burning Man Show, best-selling author of The Wild Diet, entrepreneur, and multi-talented musician. <laughs> this is fun, I get to brag about you. <laughs> when his cooking app with George Bryant Caveman Feast bested the Food Network, Nickelodeon, and even Angry Birds with more than 1,000 thousand star reviews in 24 hours, ranking number six in the entire app store, Abel became the first independent publisher ever to hold Apple's number one food app and number one health podcast at the same time. He was named one of 100 most influential people in health by Greatest and top three health podcasts of all time by Huffington Post. Abel has presented keynotes for the federal government, lectured at Ivy League universities and advised Fortune 500 companies. Also, a multi-instrumentalist singer and songwriter, he created his own interdisciplinary curriculum at Dartmouth studying brain science, music, and technology. He studied at the Royal College of Music, has toured internationally, jammed with country superstars, and won several awards for vocal performance. Mr. Abel James, how's it going?
0: Awesome. You're doing a great job as hostess.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Curtsy. <laughs> so I'm really excited for your listeners to hear you on the other end of the microphone. and. Mm-hmm get a peek behind the curtain of who is this man abel james (laughs) it's funny when we first met after like a first couple lunch dates we um i walked into Six lounge in austin texas and here's abel at like midnight just pouring his heart out on this little stage to this like handful of of drunk people on a wednesday (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of like to kick things off starting from your musical background and government consulting, how did those things translate into starting, you know, the Fat-Burning Man show, which beat out Jillian Michaels and took number one (laughs) over eight countries?
0: Yeah, so I kind of traded my guitar for a podcast microphone Hmm. when I first started, but for me, being behind the microphone is a very similar thing. You want to put on a good show, and you have to know who's on the other end, so... For me, you know, I had felt like I was burned by the wrong system of health—traditional Western medicine, mm. right—and that in my early twenties led me to be fat and sick and on a half dozen different prescription medicines that I'd have to be on for the rest of my life. That cost hundreds of dollars, and it took my apartment building burning down for me to, you know, that that crisis really for me to focus on my health and realized that the world of alternative health and healing your body with real food and with common sense, ancient wisdom. Uh, And combining that with with cutting edge science, you can do incredible things with your body. You can take your health into your own hands. And so I went from being fat and sick in my early twenties and on all these drugs to all of a sudden being, you know, a young buck in my prime and feeling really great and it only took like a month to get there of eating the best food that I had been giving up for so long, like butter bacon eggs, cheesecake and other things that are fatty. I got into, you know, the the fringes of diet and nutrition, the things that a lot of bodybuilders are into and the things that a lot of physique competitors are into. Mm. And realized that, you know, if anyone has a handle on this, it's it's some of the people who aren't in the traditional System of getting media out there because I learned that that's just propaganda and so I you know once I Changed and transformed my whole body by changing the way that I was eating I wanted other people to know that there's a better way of doing this and I figured that you know If I'm used to making a fool of myself in front of (laughs) many people behind a microphone Which I've been doing for years then it's my responsibility to get behind a microphone and talk about something That's really important the most important thing. I think there is which is our health
1: (laughs) So when you talk about optimizing like your body, like your performance and things like that, um, how does music, for, for example, when I was um, into video game competitions, I would put in my earbuds before a competition and it kind of puts me in the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think music besides just that impacts the brain and optimizes performance?
0: You can use music to regulate your arousal. There's a physiological response that happens when you listen to music too. You can, you can measure your skin and See that music is regulating the speed at which your body is operating. A lot of times, people might be listening on their earbuds or whatever, all of a sudden, your steps. You might find are going exactly with the beat. Mm. If you do that in a conscious and intentional way, you can actually train better. Uh, a lot of people who have won competitions do it by training, you know, 135 beats per minute. And something like you know Spotify these days is kind of catching on to that. You can use music and different kinds of music to not only align your steps and your cadence to the music that you're listening to, but you can also use it to uh, regulate your Your mood. You can get out of a funk really easily. Uh, And that doesn't just apply to listening to music, but also on the other side, when you start creating music, it actually changes your brain and the way that you operate. And that's what I get really excited about. That's what my first book is all about. Super sciency. So I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes right now, but it's, it's a fascinating subject, and it applies not just to music, but a lot of different arts, whether you're a writer, a painter, someone who meditates, someone who's into dancing. All of that, that right brain type activity really applies to improving your performance, especially when, when you're working out. Uh, and One other thing that's really cool about music is that if you listen to music that you enjoy, it makes your workouts seem to be a little bit shorter. They're a little bit more fun and you're able to tolerate more than you would be without music.
1: Yeah, so for someone who's like looking for, you know, they want that perfect song that's just gonna make their their workout amazing, is there any tips to choosing the perfect song or songs?
0: If you think that Justin Bieber sucks, don't listen to Justin Bieber. Okay. Right? <laughs> it's one of those things where you don't have to love what you're listening to, but you need to like what you're listening to so for me if I want to do monster lifts which I tend to do on Mondays I'll listen to like epic soundtrack music you know from like Batman or or, you know superhero movies or whatever because you can't help but get totally psyched up when you listen to that stuff and then you know if I'm out uh, training for marathons, then I want that driving beat. And also, if I want to get a lot of work done in a short period of time, I'll be listening to Dragon Force or something really intense that just really gets you going. Because you can, you can tell. You know, when you put on music, you can tell that all of a sudden your heart is racing. So you can use that for good or evil, right? Mm-hmm. But when you learn how to use it intentionally, you can not only increase your, your workout performance, but also your day-to-day work performance and that's something that's really exciting also.
1: Yeah so how does music affect you and um, like what superpowers do you get from music?
0: As a musician it's fascinating because there are simple things that you'd probably expect like musicians have a larger area of their brain that is auditory right mm-hmm. so it directly maps to changes in your brain and also your brain is less lateralized which means that basically you're using more of your brain you're using both sides of it both both hemispheres and the corpus callosum which is in between the hemispheres is strengthened by doing artistic activity like music and so that lends itself to musicians also being more likely to be ambidextrous that doesn't just happen because you know when you're playing a piano you're doing it with both hands or a guitar although that that does help but also because your brain is being used more efficiently because you're using both sides of it. So there are lots of things like that, but also some things that, that might seem unrelated, like when you're talking about speech prosody or inflection or emotion in voice, musicians are better able to hear the emotion behind what someone's saying than someone who's not musically trained. So if I if I say, I'm fine, or whatever, you're more likely to understand that I'm totally not fine <laughs> if you're a musician. And, uh, and And there's a long list of things that happen when you become musically trained, especially from a young age, and pretty much all of them are good, except for, you know, Drug, sex, and rock and roll—those things <laughs> do go together. But that's that's good training for life too, I think.
1: Hmm, that's a good point. So my mom was all, like dead set on all seven of us taking piano lessons and then also taking a second instrument in the school band. You know, telling us how it was so good for our brains. Um, how does the musical uh, experience and musical training shape our brains, and especially children?
0: Well, for kids especially, it allows you to use more of your brain from a younger age and use it very efficiently. You build neural pathways that are directly linked to the way that we process language. So in a lot of cases, it's fascinating. When I meet someone as an adult and I listen to them speak or we interact, I can usually sniff out which ones are the musicians because you interact in a totally different way. It's, it's almost like you're jamming with each other. And if you do that from a young age, it's a, it's a very powerful skill that applies later in life. And there are things like, uh, there are some wonderful studies that look at how babies, how infants listen to sound and how they process language. And there are a lot of studies that show that just speaking to a baby in regular adult speak doesn't really do anything. They don't really understand it. And when you look at almost anyone talk to a baby though, Mm -hmm. they're using exaggerated inflection. They're putting extra emotion behind their voice. Mm -hmm. They're changing up the rhythm Of what they're saying and and the tones, there's it's baby talk, right? It's completely different, but it sounds musical. But even on top of that, there are a lot of studies that show that mothers, if if they're singing to their babies, they can more powerfully communicate emotion through singing, even if it's gobbledygook, than language. And that applies later in life as well, you know, because it's it's so much about. Not the words that you're saying, but how you're saying them that really matters. So if, if you're a young child, then you're learning that firsthand. And, and also, there's a lot of brain plasticity in children. Mm-hmm. So if you want to learn a language, and music is a language, the best time to learn it is when you're young. Because your brain is just hungry and then starving to make all of these different connections between things. And so if you learn music young, it will pay huge dividends down the road.
1: What age do you think? Like if parents are going to, if they want their kid to learn guitar or something, when should they start them?
0: Well, it's never too late to start. I I just want to say that. But uh, the younger you start, the better. So ages three to six are awesome. Even if Mm -hmm. you just have uh, instruments laying around the house, if there's a piano, what you want to do is is get your kid involved with creating sound because it's something that gives you feedback, right? And... Whenever you, whenever you create something, especially something in real time, like you just put your little finger down on a piano and it makes a sound, it creates this excitement and this connection. So for kids, just having the stuff around and allowing them to build a relationship with whatever art that is, that is that's positive is the most important thing because what you don't want to do is force them to practice all the time and have them burn out and hate their instrument have them hate their art have them hate music it's something where you really want it to be that thing that they go to when they need that emotional release or something that they can do on their own I know for me it was uh, it was my form of meditation long before I started meditating and I didn't even realize it whenever I needed to release emotion or kind of clear out the detritus in my brain or in my emotions, I would, I would play guitar or play piano or play saxophone or sing. And somehow for some reason that allowed me to deal with whatever came up, it activates in a lot of cases, the flow state Mm -hmm. and alpha waves in the brain. There are a lot of different ways of talking about it, but from a young age, you want to give people that, that excuse and that, that mechanism for achieving the alpha state of of the brain in that flow state where basically you're just in the zone and music is really good at doing that whether you're playing it or listening to it <sighs>
1: Yeah, so in The uh, in the Musical Brain, your best-selling book, you discuss studies that consistently show improvement in self-esteem mm-hmm. and um, from partic- participation in musical activities. And I'm just going to read this section, which says, uh, the children, their parents, and their piano teachers all believed that the piano instruction improved the students' lives in many ways and made them feel more assertive, better about themselves, and happy. <laughs> Why do you think it is that music improves kids' self-esteem?
0: I think there are a lot of reasons, because they're doing something that's inherently good. It feels good. It doesn't necessarily sound good, but they're creating something. And I think that's what it is. There's, Especially in today's tech-dominated world, so many of us, uh, adults and kids alike, are just consumers of entertainment, consumers of information. And when you do something like music, or you paint a picture, you're creating something. So the idea that that you're a unit of production is coming out of you instead of the constant consumption that we're all used to I think is a big part of that
1: Mm. yeah I like that and you're I gotta say like one of the most emotionally aware and available men that I've ever I've ever met and I think the listeners and viewers can also um see this in interviews because it's not just like bam question bam question you're very engaged like you were saying it's like this fluid like you're jamming together right Mm -hmm as a musician, how does music make us more human?
0: Music gets deep to the heart of whatever you're dealing with. And you can bring someone from zero emotionally to you know getting all misty and breaking down in tears in like 10, 15 seconds. Mm. It's something that is, it's uh, because music is so powerfully tied to language, because it's activating the same areas of the brain, Sometimes it's more effective to use a little bit of music or put that music into your speech to communicate an emotion than it is to say anything. Because, you know, when you read a blog or when you read a newspaper, even if it's a really emotional story, it's difficult to, to get there that quickly. Mm-hmm. But because music is so such a sensory experience and because uh, language at its heart is so near and dear to us, I think music just like directly gets to your heart And there's no denying it. It works for almost everyone. That's why you have music (laughs) used for good and evil once again. You have music that is scientifically proven to increase sales if you're shopping or whatever, Mm. right? Or or elevator music, that terrible stuff. They play music at particular times for particular effects. but. Especially in the age of earbuds, you can do that for yourself too. So if you want to get through that workout or if you want to block out all that horrible music that they're pumping into wherever they're trying to make you shop and spend more money, you you can use music for good, not evil.
1: Okay. I also read in the, in the musical brain that musical training involves daily practice with long periods of focused attention, reading of notation, memorization of extended passages, and exposure to a variety of structures, pattern recognition, and the mastery of technical skills. And then I would also add, um, you know, like emotional intelligence development. But it's not really a surprise that um, musicians that said that they'd they're like superior in um, in memory memorization skills. What other ways do musicians excel? Because, of, you know, every day they're practicing these. It's like a whole <laughs> whole brain workout.
0: Yeah, well, it is. You're using such a large portion of your brain if you if you look at pictures of jazz musicians while they're in a mra machine and not trumpeters or whatever but they have, they do have pictures of brains that are just basically all lit up when you're playing a music instrument especially uh when you're improvising but in addition to that you know if, if you're looking at, at building a musical skill or any skill it takes discipline and from a young age Becoming better at playing music requires that discipline. So you're you're almost practicing discipline more than you're practicing even music. Mm. But then then of course, if you're reading from musical notation, you need to learn that language, and that's that's definitely definitely a language, and translate that into something that's auditory, that 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 works in the real world. So it's kind of learning how to speak by reading a book. Hmm. And then there's the other side of that, which is learning how to speak without a book. Mm-hmm. And so there there are two different kinds of of learning any sort of language or any sort of performance art where one side is very scripted and that's that's you're learning a lot of math essentially you're using the same parts of your brain that you would be if if you're learning something very technical and then there's the other side the the more right brain side which is more exciting to me which is difficult to define and a lot of times you're you're kind of silent when you're in that brain state but it's very meditative and it's one where the music is kind of flowing through you and out of you as opposed to you just creating music from looking at something and translating that into sound. It's, it's a much more of a holistic, you know, full brain type activity. And that's great for anyone. It doesn't matter if it's music, dance, meditation, a lot of these things just light up your brain and we should be doing more of them. That's, you you know, if people listen to my interviews or whatever, and you're, a lot of people are just like, "Oh, you're so happy all the time," or whatever. It's probably because I just jammed out on guitar right before doing that interview. I mean, you know me, right? Yeah. When I'll, I'll do eight of these interviews in a day, and sometimes I'll just be out of it. You know, I just like come out like a zombie, staring into these stupid lights all the time, and then <laughs> I'll play piano, guitar whatever mm-hmm. for just a few minutes and all of a sudden I'm like right back in action I'm happy I'm, it's it's like a emotional cleansing
1: yeah and you know I didn't realize when I was learning piano and saxophone and clarinet back in the day I didn't know that you could create music I know that sounds kind of weird but I was taught to read sheet music and mm-hmm. that's you just memorize sheet music and that's how you play music but you play differently I'll be making chicken parmesan and you'll just be playing something that is completely you just made up and then you say that's the chicken parmesan song
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I do that pretty much every night you get to this point when uh you're not playing anymore and that's that's the most exciting thing about it is there there are a lot of poets who kind of talk about the muse or whatever where like i said it feels like it's flowing through you it's just Mm -hmm. you know i'll sit down at the guitar and whatever comes out comes out yeah. and you know I, I talked to Denny a lot who's been on this show before and he's a wonderful guitarist and wonderful musician and it's something that we all kind of share it's like you get to this point of of mastery of an instrument or whatever art you're doing and all of a sudden you're not trying to paint a picture it just comes out of you you mm-hmm. see it there and it emerges more than anything else and so a lot of times you know I'll I'll try to play a mood Right. That's what you do if you're a good performer and you're playing live or whatever. You you take a look at all the drunks in the room and you're just like, what will take what will either make those two over there be more likely to hook up and go home with each other at the end of the night? Or what will prevent those two dudes from fighting? Or if you don't like them, just like what will make those guys fight right now? What song can I play? Probably Britney Spears or something.
1: Oh, my gosh. I think you have some good stories there. (laughs) Who, me? So something else that I found fascinating in the musical brain was there the hormonal differences have been found linked between uh, to be different between musicians and non-musicians. For example, testosterone has consistently shown to correlate with creative musical behavior. What is that about?
0: Well, that's an interesting one because that particular study or those sets of studies actually don't show that more testosterone is a good thing. And that's why I like it because... I mean, a lot of times, especially in the internet and in the health world, more testosterone, you know, take my testosterone pills or whatever, <laughs> and you'll crush it in the gym, whatever. What you actually find when you look at things, especially that are artistic, is that there's an optimal amount of testosterone in certain hormones that allow you to be more creative. Mm-hmm. And that, for women, is on the upper side of things. Mm-hmm. For men, it's on the lower side of things. Huh. And so I, I think the reason for that is because you're not generally, especially if you're creating art, going too far on the, the feminine side of things, you're not going too far on the masculine side of things. Normally you want to you wanna communicate and resonate with as many people as possible, and that's somewhere in the middle. And so too much testosterone makes people emotionally stupid, right? Mm-hmm. We know that. Mm-hmm. Too little makes people makes people not really care Mm -hmm. about anything yeah so there's an optimal amount that that you want and i think it's just something that that shows the one of the reasons i brought it up in my book is because i want people to realize that it's not always about more is better that's a very american western way of thinking about things but it's not it's not the case what you really want is balance and i think music and art allows you to practice more balance in your life it's something that uh allowed me to run marathons in a lot of ways because if you're going to go and you're going to play guitar and get into that brain state for four hours then going outside and you know running for four hours and entertaining yourself in that brain state becomes a lot easier and so the more of these types of things that you do the easier it it becomes to do meditation after that like Mm -hmm. it's something i'm a big fan of now and so you know a lot of people talk about diet and fitness and and why you need to follow this specific diet or that particular workout plan or whatever. But this is a very holistic thing because I'll tell you what, if, if you want to sleep, which is the most important thing that most people don't talk about because it's not that important or they don't want it to be important <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or stress, right? Which mm-hmm. is also massively important, but people want to ignore because it's like, yeah, sleep and stress. Like, don't worry about that. I'm going to look at my diet. And, and exercise. Those are the things that are really affected by, by meditation, by art, by mm. getting into your right brain sta- states. And it's a powerful thing when you learn how to intentionally build that into your habits, into your life. And that's one of the reasons that people like listening to this show is because I put myself into those brain states before every show. And a lot of times during, after a while, you learn how to do it on cue.
1: Mm. Oh, that's so cool. So for people, I know there are a lot of people out there who've never played an instrument and no, don't know where to start, or maybe they just haven't picked up the guitar in 20 years. Uh, what would you tell them is, if, if they're thinking, you know, it's, it's too late, I'm, I'm already 40 or whatever?
0: I would tell them to talk to my parents. <laughs> my, uh, after, basically after they were empty nested by, by my brothers and, and me, they took up, my, t- <laughs> my mom took up the stand-up bass. And my dad took up the banjo, and so at the beginning they didn't really know what they were doing. They're just kind of plunking along or whatever. Skip ahead a few years. Now they play every week at the farmers market in St. Augustine. Uh, the bare naked ladies came and saw them at the farmers market and like okay. called them out during a show because they loved those old bluegrass tunes so much. And you know my dad has taught banjo now, and it only took. You know, you have to be very consistent. You have to work on it a little bit, hopefully most days of the week or whatever. You need to build that discipline, but you're never too old to learn this stuff. And it's something that's just so, you know, these days when I go out and hang out with mom and dad, we're jamming, you know. (laughs) We're playing old bluegrass tunes. And now you're learning the mandolin because it's such like this... Well, that that brings it to something, something even more. And one of the reasons that I think it's important to talk about things like music on this podcast, even though it seems like it might not be that related, is that music and art used to be deeply ingrained in what it meant to be human. What this show is about is not just what we used to eat as cavemen back in the day or whatever. It's about how we used to live and what it means to be human. And mm-hmm. things like sharing art with each other, singing with each other, They weren't lost that long ago, but they're kind of losing now, right? Mm -hmm. Like not many people get together and sing, especially dudes or whatever. Whereas it used to be, especially before the Second World War, like everyone sang. Mm -hmm. And now people think that you have to be a singer to sing. And they think you need to be a musician to create music and you need to be a painter to paint. And we can't lose sight of that because oral traditions and, and a lot of these traditions are deeply human, And we need to keep them alive by practicing them ourselves. It it makes you healthy. It's, It's a wonderful way of dealing with emotions. And it's something that shouldn't be lost in the discussion of health. It's something that really should be highlighted highlighted because if i have a secret to health it's it's more about what i'm doing right before i'm doing my health show which is playing music meditating doing the things that that really calm you down and put you into an awesome space Mm -hmm. where you're not affected by outside stress which allows you to digest whatever food you just ate much better and sleep better there are so many benefits to all of this and i just i want to make sure that we're talking about health holistically and that includes a lot more than just diet and exercise yeah
1: so if you could comment on, um, do you have an opinion on what what's wrong with music today?
0: I have lots of opinions about that. <laughs> well, uh, traditional media and uh, and the music business, I mean, it's, it's the ugliest business that there is. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to, especially with Denny, we wanted to create this, this album. That was basically just us going in and jamming with each other and creating music, not having to... You know make anyone happy in the marketing department at a, at a record company or whatever basically what happened to music and i presented about this at, at dartmouth too while i was there as an undergraduate is that music was co-opted by business a long time ago and so they they basically you know you pay to play songs to turn them into number one bestsellers or whatever and they they manufacture this music essentially by casting people in certain positions who aren't writing their own music it's just like a singer who may or may not be singing at their at their concerts right they're lip syncing or whatever and they've taken the music and the art out of it and turned it into this marketing machine where someone's writing music someone's playing bass but he's totally expendable because it could be like swapped out for anyone like they don't really matter whereas it used to be you know music was something that you could use to kind of add to the political discourse to rebel against whatever was was going on in society to create real meaning behind what you do and so for me some of that is just fun like i want to create fun in my music especially if it's for other people and other things are a lot more meaningful
1: okay so let's talk about the new album when i first heard you play at bars and stuff when we were first dating you were playing a lot of the songs that are on the album mm-hmm. can you talk about is there any of those specifically that um, have meaning that you want to share with people before they listen to them
0: <laughs> well I you know I was really excited by some of the songs that we wrote on the spot because mm-hmm. that's the real magic in music because when you get people who love to play together stuff just happens and so the title track of this record of this project is called Swamp Thing and that was something that we wrote in like 45 minutes pretty much just like Denny me Dino sitting down and just you know we're thinking about new orleans and, and denny's playing this riff and i'm kind of just singing gibberish over it and all of a sudden it turns into this really weird cool new orleans style song and and we built it out on the record with incredible musicians mm-hmm. and wendy doing the backup singing and and so that one came together and it's just uh it's kind of a tribute to where music comes from mm-hmm. right like, cuz it has deep roots that we didn't come up with any of this right musicians just kind of like jam on it and build on it and whatever and i'm a white dude from new hampshire it doesn't make any sense why i'd be playing like new orleans music except for the fact that i grew up listening to the meters and dr john and a lot of people who are playing funky stuff and so you just kind of regurgitate that and, and like play with it a little bit and then something cool comes out and then mm-hmm. another one that that uh that denny wrote on the spot because most of them remind that that i've been playing for a while but thank god for the blues is such a such an incredible song because it's uh it's written in the old gospel style in a lot of ways but what we're seeing is that music is our savior Mm -hmm. music is the thing that allows you to get through the the toughest times in life and it's it's not just the the people who are creating it but also the people who are listening to it who are affected and and so many of us are just going out and listening to music that's created by computers these days i think you're missing out if you're not getting to that the, the very um human part of all of this which is deep emotional vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's, that song really brings out.
1: So, besides singing all of the songs and writing almost all of them, what instruments did you play on the album?
0: <laughs> well, that's another cool thing about being a musician, especially a, a, a low-budget struggling musician, which I, I have been for so many years, is that you learn to do a little bit of everything. So, mm-hmm. when I first started playing music, I played a little bit of piano or whatever it was was laying around the house. and. Uh, on this album, I play a little bit of everything. So after that, you know, I took up percussion and uh, clarinet and saxophone and guitar and then bass. And I actually made my own album at the age of 15 playing all the instruments that shot up the charts on the, on the blues charts on mp3.com way back in the day which i i learned a lot of uh, you know that directly translates into the podcasting world because you're kind of doing the same thing right it's you're behind a microphone and then you're trying to get it out there and so uh, i've been doing this for a long time but so yeah wait, talk
1: about that for a second you when you were 15 you played all the instruments in that album that you put out right and sang and, yeah. he, and you wrote those songs yeah and it went to the top of the charts. Okay, keep going.
0: I mean, it wasn't great music at all, but it was just—it was a fun project to work on. It was something that was mine, and I think for for kids, that's something that's um, or people who are con- like coming up in life, having something that you create and you put out there is so powerful. And this is such a uh, such a wonderful time for that because it's never been so easy to create something with the technology that we have now and really put it out there. Yeah, but on this on this album, I'm playing. Uh, Uh, electric guitar although Denny's doing most of it he is a genius and he produced the album and wrangled all those crazy musicians together as well Uh, and I'm playing um the saxophone the tenor saxophone I'm doing the whole tenor sax section actually just with overdubs and I'm doing obviously lead vocals and and a lot of the songwriting too but then I even snuck some clarinet in there too which is see if you can find that one
1: (laughs) I still don't know which one I've been (laughs) listening for it Awesome. So where can people find the album?
0: You can find Swamp Thing pretty much anywhere music is available online. iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify even. But to give you a little bit of an extra incentive for buying directly from us which means that you know we're not sacrificing the 30 to 50% of sales that way to whatever that you know big company is if you buy directly from us you also get my presentation at the biohacking conference uh, audio and video versions of how to upgrade your brain with music you get my ebook the musical brain as well as part of the download package And we're also giving away signed copies of The Wild Diet, signed copies of the album. And so uh, if you want to find all of that, then go to fatburningman.com forward slash music.
1: Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thank you for having me on my show. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for listening. Before you go, I have something special for you here today. Do you need kick butt music for your next party? Do you want to impress your friends with shameless jams from the coolest band they've never heard of? Do you want to win a free copy of my new book? I've got great news. My new album of original music, Swamp Thing, is finally ready for you. To celebrate the launch of my new album, I'm giving away five signed hardback copies of my best-selling book, The Wild Diet, and autographed copies of my new CD. That's right. Before I was known as my shirtless alter ego, Fat-Burning Man... My past lifetimes have included being a touring singer, guitarist for several rock and funk groups, and even the tenor sax player for reggae, rap, and ska bands. The musicians who join me in the studio for this project are legends. Denny, our guitarist and producer, has been nominated for an Academy of Country Music Award for Steel Guitarist of the Year and has been the bandleader for the Tim McGraw Band for nearly two decades. Our bassist, David Santos, has toured with Billy Joel, Elton John, John Fogerty, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Singing backup, the Grammy-nominated powerhouse, Wendy Moten, has recorded with Eric Clapton, Kenny Rogers, Alice Cooper, and Buddy Guy. You can find my new album, Swamp Thing, anywhere music is sold online. iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, and more, just by searching for Abel James. But if you want to support this free show, get all the music videos and audio bonuses and enter to win our giveaway of signed copies of my best-selling book, The Wild Diet, make sure you go to your special listener link at fatburningman.com forward slash music to get all the goods. One last time, your special listener link from any device is fatburningman.com forward slash music. As always, when you purchase anything from me, your support helps bring this free show to you every single week. All right, here's a special track from my new album, Swamp Thing, for you to listen to before you go. I hope you enjoy it. Drop me a line anytime, and I'll chat with you soon. Cheers. My girl, well, it's never been enough How could they ever know the depth of my love Just for fairy tales and TV shows Pop always told me On mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat-Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan Man and Facebook by typing in Abel James or Fat Burning Man. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes and video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man better yet, enter your best email at fatburningman.com sign up for my newsletter and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now. Enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.